The Web's Michael Smith. It's episode 97 of the Canes cast. And you know what? What? I don't think we're done with all of the off-season fireworks yet. Oh, coming off the July 4th long weekend. Exactly. An apropos intro. Do what I can. Did you see any fireworks over the weekend? No, I did not. Literal or figurative? Uh, watched a, a couple of baseball games and a soccer game. and There were some, some fireworks. Here and there. Definitely fireworks if you want to go with the figurative note. But yeah, no literal. Yeah. Heard a couple, but I did not see any. Yeah, so. same. Yeah, that's it. It's, you know. I, I, enjoy, know. I enjoy fireworks, but I am to the point of where, eh, if, if I... I don't need to see them. I had a good 4th of July, though. For enjoy the most part. fireworks, maybe not enjoy crowds. A little bit of both, yeah. yeah. A little bit of both on that one. I yeah. think that's fair. So, but it's good. But if I'm at a baseball game and they got fireworks afterwards, I'm I'm hanging around. Like the Durham Bulls, for instance? Exactly. Yes. I'm hanging around. Yes. So, you know. The Bulls, I mean, going to see a Bulls game in the summer is just the greatest time. It is. I was going to add in on hanging around. So are we all good? Sebastian Ajo's hanging around for five more years, and we can do this ad nauseum. Maybe we could. Maybe we should. Maybe we should just devote this entire hour to breaking down the minute by minute mm. of what happened no. with Sebastian Ajo and the offer sheet nope. and the Carolina Hurricanes and the Montreal Canadiens. Nope. Because that's all that people have been agonizing over. I'm going to just bear with me for a second. Why don't you get it? Not you, Michael Smith. Yeah, I was going to say, why are you yelling at me? A certain group out there. You don't know how how this works? The team that has the RFA 99% of the time matches the contract. And I just, for the life of me, what drove me mad this past week, Michael Smith, was the fact that the Canes aren't doing it right because Montreal offersheeted Sebastian Ajo. But every other big, high-profile RFA who didn't have a deal by July 1st, nobody says a peep about that. Wouldn't that then include them not doing it right because they don't have their free agent signed? It's true. So look, Michael Smith, if you guys go back to episode 96 of the Canes cast, Michael Smith detailed it perfectly as to why everything went down the way it did with Sebastian Ajo, his agent, looping in the Montreal Canadiens and how eventually he stayed here in Carolina and gave the exact quote that everybody needed to hear, which is, he always wanted to be here in Carolina. But, Michael, you said it last week, there's no bargaining power when you're an RFA on your entry-level contract. Mm -hmm. The only chip that he and his agent had to play and that his agent played aggressively was to get an offer sheet out there for the term that they wanted. The money's the same, just other than having to pay a signing bonus, which the billionaire owner of the Carolina Hurricanes said he will pay. Yeah, and the signing bonus actually works out better for Ajo uh, because he gets the money up front yep. and uh, then doesn't have to worry about not collecting a paycheck in, in the unlikely event that there's a lockout. Um, and it just, uh, I mean, it's like... I likened it to winning the lottery last week. It's yep. it's either you take that lump sum or you take the deferred payments. And in the signing bonus, he's taking the lump sum up front and is getting a nice big old paycheck deposited into his uh, 
his bank account, and then he's basically set for the year. Uh, he'll get you know smaller salary payments uh, throughout the year, but the bulk of the contract, uh, at least in the the early term, isn't signing bonuses. So uh, it is it's officially over now. Uh, I'm kind of glad that it's that it's wrapped up, and I think Sebastian Ajo and uh, the statement he released yesterday, he sounds. Uh, relieved as well. Uh, he said, this entire situation has been difficult for me and my family, and I'm happy uh, it is at an end. And um, I think that just, it it is a relief, I think, for everybody involved. Even Don Waddell said, look, my summer got better because yeah. now I don't have to worry about negotiating this contract. This this is a situation had uh, the offer sheet, offer sheet not happened that could have dragged into late july august even september maybe. it could have dragged into october and november yeah. we saw that last year with william nylander and, and the toronto maple leafs this is something that could happen and look the for me the part of the statement from sebastian ajo you're right talking about this has been a difficult situation but i'm grateful for the offer from the montreal canadians but it was always my hope to return to the hurricanes as a restricted free agent I had limited options for moving along the process to get a deal done. He didn't want this to drag out. He wanted to know that he was going to be a Carolina Hurricane and he's going to get the term that he wanted. And, and at the end of all of this, not a money thing, Michael. I don't think this was ever a money thing. I think this was no. a term. I think this was how many years the Hurricanes wanted him for the longer term and Sebastian Ajo and his agent wanted a shorter term because they can hit unrestricted free agency quicker, which I think we're going to see that be the precedent set throughout the NHL, like Austin Matthews. Instead of going for the Connor McDavid, Jack Eichel, long green contracts, you're going to see the guys take a little bit less money, shorter term now, the guys coming up who are restricted free agents or the next batch of superstars, and they're going to hit free agency at 26, 27 years old. Yeah, it was it was a long-term money play, really, because uh, rather than signing uh, an eight-year contract worth $8.5 million per, he signs a five-year contract worth $8.5 million per, betting on himself that in those last three years there, he's going to earn more than 8.5 per per year. And I think that's a safe bet because if he continues on his trajectory, he's going to be one of those uh, players who, who who earns that elite money. I'm going to take the Carolina Hurricanes at their word on this one, that they had offered more money with the longer term. So I would just imagine that's – let's just play along for the sake of the exercise, Michael. It was an eight-year contract at $9 million average, what it would average out to. Maybe. So he's then walking away from an extra, if you do the math really quick, $4.5 million or $4 million. Over the five years, yeah. Yeah. Uh, with the with the extra years that are there. I mean, because you're saying how it plays out, the bonus money that comes into it. So that's what he's walking away from, plus the three extra years at the $9 million, so that's 27 So he walked away from more money. But he's also banking on himself that he is going to be a better player at 26, yeah. and the salary cap will keep going up, and he'll get a better – that's when he'll want that eight-year deal. At 26 years old. And then I don't know if yeah. teams are going to want to do that. Sign a guy eight years will be 34. Well, and, and then, two theoretically, the cap is higher, so teams have more money to spend exactly. on players. And um, so it's it's a, a smart tactical move by, by Ajo and his camp. And, uh, you know, as, as Tom Dundon said on the conference call last week, he's doing what's best 
uh, he being Ajo, is doing what's best for him and his family, and the Hurricanes are doing what's best for the organization and the future of the organization. And I think, I, I, I do ultimately think that they've arrived at something that works for both sides. It, it's there, there are concessions that either side has to make. The Hurricanes have to make the concession that, well, they're not going to get that, that three extra years of unrestricted free agency off of Ajo. And Ajo's concession uh, is that, well, one, they had to go through this whole process. Yes. Uh, and also, uh, maybe the money isn't as high as they would like, but it's close enough in the ballpark of, of what had been talked about uh, in the first place. So I, I think ultimately it, it you arrive at a situation that, that – is going to benefit everybody because at the end of the day, as Ajo said in his statement, it was always important to me to be on the ice for the first day of training camp. Uh, and this resolves it very nicely. It, uh, in the span of a week in early July, it takes care of these negotiations, which, uh, were sort of caught in no man's land, uh, while the two sides debated over, uh, term basically, but, but also some money as well. And it, it just wraps it up in a, uh, I would say a nice little box, but it was kind of messy for a week, yeah. at least in terms of perceptions from, from either side. But, but in the end, I think what we had been saying, what the Hurricanes had been saying, uh, what Sebastian Ajo said, uh, spoke to this whole situation uh, most accurately in that he wanted to stay here in Raleigh, here with the Hurricanes. He likes what this team is doing. He likes what this team is building. And this offer sheet was a way for uh, him and his side to get uh, the deal that they desired. Uh, and the Montreal Canadiens, for their part, can say, "Hey, look, we tried. We, we, you know, we we gave this offer sheet out. We we made an effort to yep. get better. Uh, oh well. Uh, and then and then we move on. But um, I I would like to see." And we talked about this last week. I'd like to see it more because I think think it makes the offseason a lot more interesting. But I have a feeling we're not going to see another one for another handful of years because it just, you know, it's it's so hard for it to work out for both sides to where you're not going to have the one side match the offer sheet. Like even when Thomas Vanek got offer sheeted years ago by Edmonton. Edmonton. And it it was a large contract. And Buffalo... I don't know if maybe they panicked, but they matched. Well, they had no choice because they had just gone through losing Chris Drury and, and Daniel Breer. Yeah, and they would have received four first-round picks uh, from it, and instead they, they chose to match and, and pay Vanek. So, yeah, it's I, – I don't know. You know Again, the, compensa- the compensation as well is something that is you have to look at. And I'm sorry, but a first, a second, and a third for Sebastian Ajo right now yeah. is not something that I would trade him for. Right. That and yeah, and that's the consideration too is is what would you trade this guy for? And it's probably not, not a first, second, and third. It's Maybe bad. it's a first, second, and third and a player. Yeah. But it's certainly not just a first, second, and well, a third. And as we sit here today, Patrick Line, Mitch Marner, Miko Rantanen, I mean, these guys are are all right now Unrestricted or restricted free agents. Not unrestricted. They're restricted. Brock Besser in Vancouver is restricted. Kyle Connor in Winnipeg is restricted. You can just keep running down the list of these guys. Jordan Bennington. Braden Point is restricted. Matthew Kachuk is restricted. Big picture, I think that with a new owner, the league kind of wanted to see what would Tom Dundon's response be to an offer sheet. And... 
we knew what it was going to be. Mm-hmm. They said it all along. Right. I don't know why people refuse to listen when people talk nowadays. Again, it just keeps going back to, I'm just going to keep saying the same thing to you, and I keep answering it, and you just keep saying the same thing. And it's like, why aren't you listening to what I'm telling you? Because this is what the truth is. Yeah. I do think an AAV You think of, it was part of that test, though? Well, I think it... Yeah, I do. I mean, it, it makes sense, right? Like, yeah. uh, a new owner, new blood, want to test and, and see, you know, what his response is, what his reaction is. It's it's quite clear that, that he does things a little differently than... Uh, some of the folks in the league, and, yep. and Montreal is one of those organizations who has those um, those longtime roots and, and maybe some uh, antiquated thinking or, or ways of doing things. And so they see a guy like Tom Dundon come into the league and um, and maybe they they send a message or something to him saying, you know, that, you know, this is this is what we think, and and they do it through an off sheet. Maybe that's that's part of it. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if it is. Um, but yeah, the the Hurricanes had said all along that that they were going to match. I do think an AAV of ten or perhaps more would have made them at least think a little harder about it. Yeah. But I still think ultimately they would have matched it. Um, but to your point last week, doing that would have put the Montreal Canadiens in a bit of a cap bind. And so it just, it wasn't in terms of, of what they were trying to do, like Tom Dundon said, it was never going to succeed. So I'm not sure what the motivation is other than saying, Hey, we tried or Tom Dundon, this is a test for you. And like he said, it was a pretty easy test cause he didn't even have to think about it. But my frustration with this whole process and Look, man, fans are going to fan. We're going to do what we we do. But I just read off a, an all-star list of names that aren't signed on July 1st that are restricted free agents. And this this backlash from certain aspects of the hockey world because Sebastian Ajo got an offer sheet seems to mean that people don't want to play here. Well, my question is, well, he didn't sign it. And if this was so simple, it wasn't simple. Negotiations aren't simple. If they are simple, wouldn't all of those names that are very important to the teams that they play on have a deal right now? And why aren't they being offer sheeted right now? Well, because in the case of Patrick Line and Braden Point, you're going to have to give up probably not only the term, but the four first-round picks for those guys. Yeah. I would imagine they're in that, that ceiling, that, that room right now. Yeah. That's where you've got to go to get these players – if you're going to give them an offer sheet. And there are just not many teams with, one, the available cap space to accommodate that, and then also the picks, the picks. to be able to, to offer sheet. So exactly. it's, it's and, and Montreal, before making the offer sheet to Sebastian Ajo, was, was clearing some cap space so that they could make the offer initially. Uh, and then the Hurricanes held that cap space and picks hostage for a week as, as they could. And look, when the Canes last week came out and said they will match it, that was official. They were going to match it. So everybody out there is like, well, they haven't officially done it yet. They were going to do it, but it's like playing cards. They didn't have to do anything right now. They could sit on this hand as long as they wanted to. And the reason being, for Montreal, that contract technically was on Montreal's books Mm -hmm. because it was signed. So now Montreal has to, sure, they can be in negotiations with other guys and say, hey, just wait because we know they're going to match it, and then this money will free up and we'll sign you. Well, that gives the agent of a player who they might have been talking to, well, we're going to go shop this deal around someplace else. Yeah. So the Canes just basically made 
Montreal sit there with the contract on their books for six days. Yep, and the picks uh, off of their books. That they couldn't trade either. Couldn't trade, couldn't offer sheet, couldn't do anything right. with because they had to be available for the Hurricanes should they yep. not have matched. But, if, of course, they were going to match. So it's, it's sort of this cat-and-mouse game a little bit. But, I mean, in the end, everybody knew what was going to happen. I think even Mark Bergevin probably knew what sure. was going to happen when they did it. It was just they were going to do it and see what happened and – what happened happened. So, in summary, Sebastian Ajo wanted to be a Carolina Hurricane. Mm-hmm. The Carolina Hurricanes wanted Sebastian Ajo to remain with the Carolina Hurricanes. They couldn't come to an agreement on a deal before July 1st. Ajo's representation used everything legally in the CBA to get the deal that he wanted for his player that the Carolina Hurricanes were going to match because they've always wanted Sebastian Ajo to be here, and Sebastian Ajo gladly, gladly signed it with the Carolina Hurricanes because, or accepted it with the Carolina Hurricanes because he's always wanted to stay here. Yep. Full circle? That's it. Okay. I cover that? I think so. And and it's over now. And and that's the best part about it is now Ajo is a hurricane for the next five years. Yep. And this conversation, which really dates back to, to last off season when the first uh, when the camp the, when the two sides first two met about a possible extension, um, and and then that was tabled for the season yep. so Aho could focus on hockey. So it's it's been a, a long process. I imagine it weighed on him a bit. I mean, you look at Tavo Teravainen and how he responded once he got that extension yeah. signed in in late January and he just took off from there. So I imagine this is a big weight lifted off of Ajo's shoulders now that it's done. Signed, sealed, delivered. He's with the Hurricanes for the next five years. Doesn't have to worry about this whole process for at least four years. And then the Hurricanes and him can start talking about a new contract, which I'm sure will be bigger and more expensive. Yeah. As long as he continues to do what he has been doing. Yeah. And there's no reason to think that he won't because the team around him is getting better as well. Uh, although, I will say this, I'm a little sad that it is over. Not the Ajo and the Canes circus that involved everybody in Canada saying, look, the Hurricanes don't want their player and he doesn't want to be there, which was garbage to say. Sacre bleu. Garbage. But for me, rubbish, we could use other terms. Mm. Sorry to get sidetracked there. For me, I wish it's not over in the NHL because could you imagine what would happen if somebody slides an offer sheet to Mitch Marner or Patrick Laine or you know Charlie McAvoy in Boston, what would happen? Like we wanted it last week. Yeah, chaos. We chaos. got it. Chaos. We want more of it. I want more of it around the league. I it don't was wanna, good. I don't. It's. I don't want it to be like the Olympics where it comes around once every handful of years and then yep. you have to wait again. Other than dealing with people saying that the player doesn't want to be in the city that has his restricted free agent rights. Which which, which will is, happen the next time that this happens to whatever team, the same the same narrative will be brought up by the team offer sheeting that player. It's 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 inevitable. So uh, hopefully it, it happens with, with two different teams next time so we can enjoy it from afar. Canada, if you're listening. Hockey World, if you're listening. If a restricted free agent doesn't want to sign with his team he will ask to be traded. See Jacob Truba getting dealt from Winnipeg to the New York Rangers. That's usually how those scenarios play out. That the restricted free agent asks for a trade, 
And the team, instead of waiting for somebody to offer sheet him, will sit there and say, all right, he doesn't want to be here, we'll trade him. And we'll get a package that is much better than that. If Sebastian Ajo did not want to be a member of the Carolina Hurricanes, I can promise you the Hurricanes would have found a deal that they would have moved Sebastian Ajo. Now, people here wouldn't have been happy about it, but I'm just saying that's how that works. Truba still has to – If uh, I don't know if he got his deal yet. Are the Rangers going to be good this year? I have no idea. I have no idea. Yeah. I'm... I think they're going to be average. It's There's a couple of teams right now in the Metro that I have no idea what they're going to be. One of them is the New York Rangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. An- another one is the Philadelphia Flyers. I don't know what the Flyers are going to be. I think they're going to be good. We'll get to that in a second, by the way. Michael, that is a uh, listener of the podcast question. Oh, is it? In the question segment coming up. Because the Metro beefed up during free Considerably. agency. And even before that, with uh, New Jersey acquiring P.K. Subban mm-hmm. from the Predators, uh, obviously picking uh, Jack Hughes uh, number one overall in the draft. That, that makes him better. Um the Hurricanes reaped the rewards oh. of that last year with Andrei Svechnikov at, oh. at two. The Rangers then get better. They get Jacob Truba from Winnipeg, who they are going to give a contract to. Somebody offer sheet Truba. He doesn't want to play for the Rangers. No, he wants to play for the Rangers. He got traded there. Capo Caco. Yeah. They, they've, they've gotten a Bread little bit man. better. And then you bring in Artemi Panarin. Mm-hmm. They've gotten a little bit better. They've beefed up a bit. And they still have moves they can make, too. Yeah. So... But, yeah, nah, I, we'll see. I, the Metro is, I think, yearly going to be this competitive powerhouse yep. where where teams are jockeying to get better. Islanders are bringing back just about everybody, yeah, except, except for Robin Leonard. Vesna candidate, goaltender. But they still have Thomas Grice, and then they bring in... And Mitch Korn, Semin- who's apparently just whatever goalie you give him, he turns him into to gold. Mitch Korn is the goalie whisperer. Yeah. Just so you know. Yeah. He he finds a way to make goalies better. But Grice, if you take a look at Thomas Grice's numbers, and we saw it firsthand covering the Carolina Hurricanes, Ooh. he was phenomenal against Carolina mm-hmm. in the regular season. And you yeah. take a take a look, his numbers weren't that far off from Robin Leonard's. So the Islanders were looking at we don't need to go and, and put five million dollars down for a goaltender. We can live with Thomas Grice and bring in somebody else. And as you mentioned, the Mitch Korn factor. Then you've got Pittsburgh, which just keeps making moves on top of moves. And yeah, Jim Rutherford, that we, uh, v- again, very happy that Jim Rutherford got in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Well-deserving honor, former Carolina Hurricanes maybe president can, and general manager. Maybe he can put in a good word for uh, Rod Brindamore. Maybe. That'd be great if Hopefully. he could. <laughs> Fingers crossed that he does. But as long as there's a guy named Crosby and another guy named Malkin in Pittsburgh, kind of hard for me to write them off. Yeah, I I feel like they're they're reaching sort of the like this is the end of the road. Yeah, but they move Phil Kessel's contract. They get a little bit more flexibility. They bring in young Alex Galchenyuk, who Montreal fans thought he was going to be the savior at one point in time. Uh, but now, as this is concerned, that's where Pittsburgh is. Washington really didn't do much, uh, and you know they're fine as long as they're they, there. Yeah, as long as they're healthy and they they have who they have. A couple of guys have retired, but. Uh, they've added some players, some nice pieces on the blue line, but overall, you just take a look at it. And although the them acquiring Radko Gudis makes sense, have no idea what Philadelphia was thinking trading him in the in division the division too. Yeah. yeah, so in the division trades are always weird. I know. I 
I don't know if, if some people might not think they're as big of a deal as they are, but when you're trading a guy like that who's going to play 15 to 20 minutes, I mean, you're going to see him four times a year. Yeah. Uh, maybe Philadelphia discounted it a bit, but maybe. I don't know. Maybe. But the division, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be tough. Yeah. And the Carolina Hurricanes have gotten better this offseason. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, I when you look at um when you look at the team they finished with in May and compare it to the team they have now, yep. I think it's comparable. Um it obviously helps that they re-signed Peter Morazic yep. to the two-year deal. That was that was really the biggest question I think heading into the offseason was what was going to happen with their goaltending because they had two expiring contracts and um and two goaltenders who were a pretty big part of the team's second half yep. run. Um one big question mark still out there is Justin Williams. Don Waddell said last week that he thinks he's leaning towards playing. We'll get to that. Coming back more to, listener questions to get to. Coming back to the Hurricanes, that's that's a big question still out there. Um but in terms of the, the players on their roster and um who might get an opportunity, especially on the blue line with Calvin DeHaan gone. Calvin DeHaan, by the way, too, probably would have missed at least the first month of the season recovering from that shoulder injury. So you would have seen a guy like Hayden Fleury or, or Jake Bean or um, uh, Gustav Forsling maybe even step in there. Uh, but the Hurricanes now have options, and uh, and uh, I, I like what they've put together. I like the lineup that they've assembled. I think yeah. the Eric Halla acquisition is – Kind of a, a sneaky good one. If you look at last year, that the Martinook trade in May was kind of a, a sneaky good trade. This trade happened when there's more eyeballs on the team, but I think that pickup could be really good. Uh, I know it's been a while since Eric Halla has played hockey because of the knee injury, but this is a guy who scored 29 goals yep. a couple seasons ago. 19 power play points. The Hurricanes need some help on the power play. They need a guy who can score. He's a guy who's familiar with with Ajo, with Teravainen, with Nino Niederreiter, who we played with in Minnesota. So that that acquisition, I think, really makes the Hurricanes a lot better down the middle than they were to end the season um, because it just it kind of slots everybody, yep. I think, more appropriately. Uh, and th- that that's a good, a good pickup in my eyes. Yeah, and a couple of guys coming up from Charlotte who might be ready to be those contributors. You know, the one thing about Forsling, though, Forsling isn't here to take – Calvin DeHaan's place, correct? Unless the Canes traded Calvin DeHaan for him, so you know you, you've got a situation there where that's a piece where you know when we always we try to be positive. Uh, it's what we do. If I asked you who's going to be missed more for the Hurricanes, just on a, a player basis, now one guy played more games, but is this team going to miss Curtis McElhaney in that backup role or Calvin DeHaan in that five-six defenseman role? Yeah, And for me, the immediate leaning, because I actually was going back and forth. I'm like, you know, anytime they went to Curtis McElhaney, he was steady. He was a rock. Team like playing in front of him. You know, you can count on, I think, two fingers, the bad games that he had during the course of the year. And a lot of that was the team in front of him wasn't uh, much of a, a help for him. But Calvin DeHaan was just so, when he was in the lineup, so steady, so good, and an underrated penalty killer, Michael. So, yeah. 
that's if you're you're Dean Chanel, who's gonna you know shape into that role and, and take those penalty killing minutes that Calvin DeHaan had. Yeah, him. I would I would definitely go with that over McElhaney. I, McElhaney was was a was a huge part of the Hurricanes' second half run and and was was able to fill in. Um, it was really a a one a one b option with Morazic and and had a career year. Yeah, and Calvin DeHaan had I think a career year as well. So, uh, but I think what he brought to the ice on a daily basis is pr- is probably going to be missed more. Um, and the Hurricanes with with adding James Reimer uh, in goal, I think you have that veteran option yep. you know, to to pair with Morazic. There's also Alex Nedeljkovic in the mix too. Uh, we can't forget about him. But James Reimer gives that the, the goaltending sort of a, a veteran presence that that McElhaney was able to provide. The Hurricanes are getting younger by by uh, not going with Calvin DeHaan and going with somebody like Hayden Fleury or, or Jake Bean, um, and it'll be up to them to to really show that they're able to uh, and ready to take that next step. I think you look at Hayden Fleury's performance in the Calder Cup playoffs; he was head and shoulders really above his competition, uh, and that that sort of showed because he had um, he's played games up here, he's had experience. I think he might be ready to take that next step, but it's going to be up to him to to show it in training camp. And and Jake Bean's going to give him a good run for his money too, I think. Bean had a handful of games up here this year. We'll see how that goes, but he's certainly in the mix. Um, And it creates competition in training camp, and and you really love to see that. Uh, And the Hurricanes uh, looking to to shed some salary, four and a half, five million bucks from a guy that was – playing on the third pair it's an unfortunate uh, uh trade i think in the sense that that you you do lose such a, a steady guy yep. on defense but you consider the the grand scheme of everything the money uh the young guys knocking on the door it made sense for the hurricanes they and they have that luxury to be able to to part ways with a guy like that not too many teams i think in the league have that sort of luxury but the hurricanes have the depth on defense to be able to do it so yeah, when you look at their roster today compared to May, very comparable. I think better in a few crucial areas, especially yep. down the middle. Uh, and and now it'll be uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see if anything else happens over the course of the summer. What other restricted free agents come into the fold? I believe all of them at some point will be signed. Um, they were all tendered qualifying offers at least, so now it's uh, sort of up to the the two sides to come to deals and a couple players going uh, filing for arbitration. Uh, so you might have a third party step in and, and negotiate deals for Brock McGinn and Ant- Anton Forsberg. Uh, but both should get contracts at some point uh, in the future, whether that involves an arbitrator or not. Uh, and an arbitration uh, process is just a formality really to, to help two sides hammer yep. out a deal. Um, a number, I think, forty players elected for arbitration. Uh, it might not even get to that point. The two sides might hammer out a deal before then, but uh, in some cases, it does get all the way to the arbitrator. He rules on the contract, and and that's that. So one way or another, it'll get done with those players. Uh, and the Hurricanes have had, uh, I would say, a pretty successful off season thus far. Yeah, and it's not over yet. Uh, I can say this is over. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Because you don't have one, do you? Not yet. <laughs> well, I have one for I you. have one from fans. Well, I know you do. Oh, yeah. That's your arbitrator. 
Yeah, that's true. This is how this segment comes in. I come in with something. Mm-hmm. You come in with nothing. I and come then, in with uh, fan support. And that's then the arbitrator is the fans <laughs> who come in with one for you. But I have one much along the lines of what we just talked about, if you're ready, Mr. Smith. Okay. The Carolina Hurricanes offseason's not done yet, but they will either make a trade or sign a free agent, but they won't do both. Mm. I'm going to take it. And when I say sign a free agent, a free agent of note, not... Yeah, yeah. I'll take it. Okay. Yeah. Maybe a trade could still happen. I mean, you look last year, that Jeff Skinner trade didn't happen until the first week of August. Um, yeah, so I'll take it. Okay. So you think it'll be a trade, not a not a signing? I would lean towards trade. If we're talking about a way of acquiring NHL a bigger, talent. Yeah, not depth. Because I think depth signings, you're, you're probably going to see a few over the next few weeks. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, – of the of those two options, I think a trade's more likely. All right. No, good. Certainly not going to be both, I wouldn't imagine. Yeah, I, I don't think that there's going to be two big pieces added via free agency and trade. Because there really aren't that many question marks left. I rarely answer my own, you know, like it, mm-hmm. keep it. I think it, we're going to see something. I'm leaning towards free agency. Mm. And we'll get to that via the questions. All right. Okay. Have you gotten bailed out by an arbitrator yeah, yet Yeah, Danielle. Danielle helped me out. Uh if you like it, take it. If not, send it right back. Aho and Svetch will each have multiple hat tricks this season. Multiple hat tricks. Mm-hmm. And each. <sighs> They're each going to get a hat trick this year, but multiple is a tough thing for me to say for each. So I will send it back. Slightly send it back. Yeah. Yeah, I would have to. Like as it's well. one of those things where I'm sending it back, but I'm not taking my hand off of the envelope. I think. I think we both said that Svechnikov will have a hat trick. Oh yeah, this upcoming. Well, year. last we were asked last week, yeah, what which, happens first? Right. And I and I, and I do think he Svechnikov will get a hat trick this year. Don't think he'll have more than one. Don't think Aho will have more than one. Can I say I love how you keep you're you're stopping on Svech? Yeah, Nikov. Yeah, so. I mean, just I didn't know clarify. that you were that. Uh, I didn't know that you were that that chummy with him. That you can just clearly go fetch, brother. N- actually, brother. Oh, yeah. way to go! All right. Well, I've got another one. Oh, well, no, you don't. The, yes, I do. The fans do. Yeah, Matthew Herman sends one in. If you like it, take it. If not, send it back. The Canes will engage in fewer fights next season, and of course, the Anchorman gift: no touching of the hair or face. I'll take it. Yeah, fighting's, I'll t- I'll fighting's being too. phased out of the league. It is, and uh, what Michael Furland had four last year fighting majors. I don't know off the top of my head, but sure. Uh, there was Austin Watson. There were a few others, at least one early on before that. Yeah, uh, yeah. and especially if he's not brought back into the fold, which seems very unlikely at uh, this point. Uh, yeah, I would have to say fewer fights yeah yeah um yeah fewer hey, you're fights. just you're seeing fewer fights around the league in general and what you see now too lots of times when there is what could be construed as a fight they're just going off for roughing yep and unsportsmanlike so there you go i think that's about it all right ready for the questions because we got lots of questions we've got to a few actually into. before we get to twitter questions oh you is there anything else that you want to add like as far as the roster for the carolina hurricanes go no anything else that's in your mind no, but I do have email questions. Really? Yes. Go to it. Email questions from the last few weeks. Um, 
compiled them all today. Stephen Blackman uh, sends us this email. I hope y'all are enjoying the short off season. By the way, I love your show and just gave you a five-star rating in the iTunes store. Best friends. Best friends. As a side note, where can I find the wallpaper of Mrazic that was on the side of PNC Arena? Uh, that was actually an uh, an Apple advertisement, yeah. so it's it's not available. Uh, but Justin Falk uh, took that picture. He a number of uh, NHL players were um, were brought on by Apple to to do the the shot on iPhone campaign, and uh, Justin Falk and Sebastian Ajo, I believe, did it for the Hurricanes, and uh, Falk snapped that uh, picture of Mrazek waiting to go out. I believe it was on the West Coast, maybe in Anaheim. Um, that's uh, gracing the side of PNC Arena still. For the next Canescast episode, how much does the team use video when it comes to assessing other teams' playing styles? A lot. Yeah, a lot. A lot. It used to be a lot more under Bill Peters, but still a lot. And what it comes down to is you're looking at their tendencies, what they do, how they run a power play, how they run through the neutral zone, their setups, how they enter the zone, uh, how they defend against teams trying to attack them. The answer is a lot. Yeah. And, yeah. and I was on the, uh, a, a million years ago, on the cusp of that. of Because mm. that was a, a, a job that I had for a coaching staff in the NHL. It was an internship at the time. And I'm like, man, I'm breaking down power plays and penalty kills and you know how they are attacking the – the box that the penalty killers are setting up. Is it aggressive? Is it passive? You know, are they running it? What are we going to do to get here? But uh, the amount of film that they look at is a lot. But the one thing that Rod Brindamore did not want to do as the head coach is exhaust his players by looking at it. So I think that they look at it quick, and then they go on the ice and execute it. Yeah, I mean, because you, you can't – everybody's attention spans these days are, are very low. Paralysis. Right? By analysis, my friend. Yes. And so you don't want to... I mean, these guys are playing at this level for a reason, so there's only so much uh, information you want to bog them yeah. down with because ultimately you want them to just go play. trust their instincts and, and play. But you do have to... You want to give them an idea of, of what they're going to see strategically yeah. from the opposition. And there is. There's so much film available nowadays because you have so many camera angles on broadcast, multiple broadcasts. There's so much for Chris Huffine to sift through. Yeah. He's the longtime video coach here with the Hurricanes. Um, and LJ Scarpace, too, for the last few seasons. He's uh, moved on. But those two really sifted through a, a lot of video. Uh, and, and and Rod Brindamore has an idea of what he wants to show uh, to his team. And those two would, would get him the exact clips that he wanted, yep. and that was that. The, the focus is, is really what's on the ice, but you do use video quite a bit to, to understand yep. what you're going to see from your opponent. Yeah, there are no secrets anymore. Another question, email question from David Zbierski. Hi, Smith and Rig, long time, first time. Oh, thank you. Any updates on Yane Kuokunen? I know the Checkers announced he underwent surgery back uh, earlier in the season, but haven't heard anything about a recovery timetable. Is he expected to be able to do his off-season training regimen? At a minimum, is he expected to be ready for training camp? I haven't heard anything, uh, so he's probably going to be ready for camp. I feel like if he wasn't, we would have heard otherwise, but um, 
that we'll see come camp time. Yeah, normally if there's a setback, you hear that a player's had a setback in his recovery. Yeah. But I believe he was expected to be ready for camp after the surgery, and that's what they uh, had said. So other than that, with Yanni Kwokin and you haven't heard too much, uh, there was a question as well about uh, Trevor Van Riemsdyk and, and his recovery. Uh, again, it goes week to week. We haven't heard too much about that, but he was in a sling at locker cleanout. What's that now? Four weeks ago. So he is, uh, I guess, on Almost eight weeks ago. Yeah, God, it almost been that long. Yeah, like six or seven. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Close to eight. So uh, I've heard both. So, anyways, in in that term, you know, he said it was going to be a long recovery, but he is uh, told us hoping to be ready for training camp yeah. with his uh, his situation. But we'll see what happens with that moving forward. Yeah, so. and that's just one of those unfortunate timing things where the Hurricanes were still playing and um, and and he got injured when he did and then the surgery and, and you build the recovery in there. And because of the shorter summer, it kind of uh, – that recovery timeline uh, tightens a bit. We're going to get Doug Bennett, uh, head athletic trainer for the Hurricanes, on the podcast soon to, to talk us through all the ins and outs of this. Uh, which leads us to a good Twitter question, though. Okay, and we have one more email question after. Uh, uh, I just want to piggyback this because this one actually fits in here from uh, Howie Handorf. Glad to have you guys back. Are players given workout plans over the summer, and do they have to check in with a strength and conditioning coach? Well, I can tell you this: Bill Berniston checks in with the players. He checks in with a lot of times. The players are out of town. There's only a few players who live in Raleigh year-round right now for the Carolina Hurricanes. In fact, one of them had a picture riding the exercise bike as hard as he could today in Jacob Slavin, and Bill Berniston, the strength and conditioning coach, tweeted that out about win the day, which is what you have to do. But Bill Berniston, they do have a plan for what they want to do, uh, what they want the players to do during the offseason. But a lot of these players have their own strength and conditioning coach who they go to, and Bill and that coach and the player kind of formulate what they want to do for the offseason. But there is a definite, definite plan in the offseason what these guys want to do. And the guys who live here in Raleigh can work out with Bill Berniston every single day if they want to. Yeah, because there are certain markers they want to hit on their tests when they come back to training yep. camp. And you certainly don't want to be behind no. on day one because it's impossible to catch up. Uh, one last email question from Chris Sylvia. Hey guys, would love to hear a discussion on Canescast about Hurricanes uniforms for next year. I read online we're going black full-time with the Reds as an alternate jersey. I have also read the away whites are being changed as Tom Dundon is not a fan. Any chance of another Whalers night for longtime fans like myself having grown up and spending most of my life in Connecticut? Lots of uh, questions about jerseys we've gotten, uh, and all we can really say is uh, is stay tuned on that. It, you'll uh, You'll hear when you hear. It's all coming soon. And as far as Whalers Night, um, yes, I would expect to see another Whalers Night this upcoming season for the Hurricanes. That should also answer L.H. McLaren's question about the road jerseys. Yeah, it'll uh, just stay tuned. Michael Smith keeps saying stay tuned, and he knows about the jerseys before I do. Yeah, but even then. It's like. Yes, just stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. Direct all jersey questions to. More the webs, Michael coming Smith. soon. Thank you. Want to get into the Twitter questions? Yes, let's. We have plenty to get into. By the way, that was Caitlin Clark who wanted to know about uh, Van Riemsdyk and uh, Kokinen being injured. So lots of things are working out here. Since Michael Furland is still a UFA, that's unrestricted free agent, any chance he comes back? That's from Alex. I would say small chance. 
I would say with each passing day, the chance grows smaller. Fair? Maybe. Or it do you think be, it goes the other way? Yeah, because with it each might passing day, the, the window opens up larger here. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure which way it goes. I mean, clearly there's a mark that Furland and his camp want to hit on the open market, but I think it's safe to assume at this point that mark probably hasn't been hit. So now it's a matter of trying to find the best fit. Um, I don't think it's going to be here in Raleigh, but you never know. Question also is, do we know what he's asking for? I do not. No. So that has not been made at least public to us. I would imagine, though, from rumblings during the season, he's looking for a Tom Wilson kind of deal with the Washington Capitals. Yeah, and if I had to guess, the contract he'll end up getting is going to be much, much shorter in term, perhaps only a year or two. Uh, he might get that four, five, maybe six, but it's only going to be for a year, maybe two. Yeah. The uh, Tom Wilson deal was a five-year deal, right? Sounds right. So, because he just he's just in the first year of that new deal hmm. uh, because he signed it last year, or I think the extension came during the season. So, if I, I'm forgive me for spacing on Tom Wilson's contract here. Yeah, but yeah, five-year deal, and I don't think that Michael Furland is is going to get that at the moment as it stands. Uh, this comes through with Sebastian Ajo now signed. What's the next signing-wise, meaning who do they sign next for the Hurricanes? Uh, be one of their restricted free agents. Yeah. And uh, depends on how quick maybe the arbitrator gets back to the Canes and Brock McGinn. But Brock McGinn seems to be a guy who would be the most likely one to get signed. Maybe Hayden Flurry. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Okay. From Chris. Do you think Ajo's statement was clear enough for the non-Caniacs to understand where he wants to be? I mean, in the end, it, I guess it, it just really doesn't matter. But, yes, I think uh, I think his statement made it pretty clear what uh, his intentions were. I would hope so. But as I found out, people only hear what they want to hear. So with that, probably nobody's going to say anything that pays any attention to this. Uh, from Ben Driscoll, what do you think is a fair contract for Brock McGinn, mainly Price? Mm, uh, that's a good question. Um, I'd say around Jordan Martinuk money, $2 million. Yep. Yeah, probably around there for a little more. A couple years, maybe. A little more. Yeah. You know, somewhere around there. But I, I think the Jordan Martinuk deal would be outstanding. Uh, this one comes in. Ben Driscoll, do you two personally believe that number 14 still has one more good year left to play? Personally, I think he does. Uh, personally, I think he's got more than one good year left in him, and that is Justin Williams. I think he's got a couple of seasons left in him. Uh, the question, though, is how many does he feel he has and the role that he's going to have doing that? Yeah, I definitely think he's got one left in him for sure. Jim Clark, on along the same lines, if Williams doesn't come back, is Ajo getting the C? No. I think he will one day. Not not this I'm year. I'm not sure it happens this year. I think he would get a letter. Mm. I don't think he gets the C. Do you go back to Jordan Stahl? I would. Yeah. If, if you have to have one, that's who I would go back to. Uh, I think he is now ready for it. Uh, I think just of how he handles himself as a professional 
And, and plus, you know what he got the benefit of? Watching Justin Williams be the captain for a year Yeah, to go down those lines. Well, and it might – I think the the whole co-captain situation, I think, was, was kind of weird to begin with. Yeah. And I think that probably factored into everything. But, yeah, I – that's who I would probably go back to if Williams doesn't return. Um, but hopefully Williams just returns and that's that. Yeah, I, I hope that's that he the hope returns. At least, yeah. I mean, that's absolutely it. Uh, this from Janet Doolittle. When will we hear about a deal with Justin Williams? When we hear about it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't – it's probably if, – if, if anything happens, it'll probably happen – I'll say before the end of July because it is going to get to a point where the Hurricanes can't continue wait, to wait. You can't wait, yeah. And and he can't continue to wait too. Like if he's going to play this next year, he's he's going to have to make a decision one way or the other. So he knows um, what he's got to start doing for training, and uh, if he's moving on somewhere else, where he's going to live, and and you know there's a lot of things to get sorted. So it, it is going to reach a point where. It's got to get figured out. It'll probably be before the end of the month, if I had to guess, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, uh, if I put a, I'm with Michael on this one. If you want a time frame before July is over, that's yep. when that's when you'll know. Uh, here's a question, and this is a good one about a restricted free agent. Do you think Jesse Pugliarvi would be a good addition for the Canes or Canes cast? It says Canes cast. Oh, well... Uh, I don't know. He, his English is fine, so okay, I think I was... he'd be a fine addition. But he is a restricted free agent sitting out there in Edmonton, meaning you could offer sheet him, hey or you could trade for his rights. Yeah. I... He's yeah. a right winger. Now, this, is, this could be a hand-in-glove off of the Justin Williams situation. If Justin Williams doesn't come back... Yeah, that's does true. Does Pugliarvi, can you put him in a spot where he would... I mean, fit and be dynamic. Uh, he is so far underachieved in his career from what people expected him to be. But everybody besides Connor McDavid has underachieved in Edmonton the yeah. last few years, and in Leon Draisaitl. And when they leave Edmonton, things seem to go okay. Yeah, for at least for Taylor Hall. I mean, I think Pliarvi would be a, a good fit. He would be an intriguing in- option because, again, Finns. Sweet. Oh, Finn. sweet. Yeah, no Finns. Yeah. yeah. He was born in Sweden, but he's a Finn. Yeah, he's a Finn. So Finns. Uh I would have to imagine he's familiar again with Aho Teravine and yeah. probably well, Hall. They played. They played together internationally. There you That's go. That's why. Cap friendly steering me wrong when I clicked on it. Gave me his birthplace of Sweden, but he's a Finn. Yeah. So I would uh he would Love be you an though, Cap Friendly. Option. You're a great website. Sorry. He would be an intriguing option. Uh I think he'd be a good fit. Yeah, absolutely. With this team, he'd be a very good fit. Why wouldn't he be? 21 years old, and he's got some talent. Depends on what you want to get into. All right, we've got uh, two long questions that we can answer. Okay. And they're going to be long answers. You want to go a roster question or a playoff question? Uh, playoffs. This is from Brian Wilson. Question, what is the preseason playoff picture looking like? Both the Rangers and Devils missed the playoffs last year, would have made big moves with mm-hmm. draft picks and what else. Yep. Who will make the playoffs? Who's going to miss? Way too early. All right. But if he wants the division, I'll go in the division. I'll go down this road. Top three. Top three. I'm still going to put Washington in there because mm. there's no reason to not put Washington in there. Yeah. They're just I mean, if Give me a reason right, right now why you wouldn't put the Washington Capitals in the top three in the Metro division. 
Um. Yeah, I couldn't. I don't know if I could give you one. And and again, not saying that they win the whole thing or or win the division, but I have a hard time not putting them in. I don't think the they got three. markedly worse enough to say they wouldn't at least finish top three. Exactly. So. If and anything, it, and it's a contract year for Braden Holtby, so I would have to imagine he's going to have a pretty stellar year. If anything, they have kind of just quiet moves, nothing big, nothing splashy. Because, yeah, and I think the rest might actually do them good. Yeah, after uh, the year of, but if there is celebration that they had, I feel like the Hurricanes kind of figured out how to get to the Capitals and, and wear them down and break yeah. them. But this is just who gets in the – who's in the top three. Yeah. Well, I'm who's just saying I, I don't know if that exposes their playing style to other teams. and That's a series versus a season. It might be. That's the only thing I could see holding them back. I mean, they still have the obvious star power. All right. Let's cross off Columbus. I'll cross them off of for the list. Not for finishing not finishing top playoff, three. Yeah. Not in the top three. Do they have a team? They do have a team. Okay. Uh, the Islanders, I'm not 100% sure of. Was that lightning in a bottle? But it's Barry Trotz, who's a hell of a good coach in that system, and they're bringing everybody back. They finished second. I could see the Islanders being a playoff team again, but a wild card, not a top three in the division team. I I mean, you're, you'd, you're placing a lot of faith in Varlamov at 31 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe. They placed a lot of faith in Robin Leonard. They did. For a guy who had to to really overcome a lot of things he was battling, and he did. So age with Varlamov is probably not the biggest concern I have with him. Uh, So the Islanders, I could see a playoff team, but not top three. Pittsburgh, I already told you, I can't rule them out as long as they've got Crosby and Malkin, but maybe the days of being a top three team are over. Yeah, I, I mean, they barely got that three spot this year. Um, The Hurricanes were, were knocking on the door of that. One point behind them, one hundred to ninety nine. So I, they might, playoff they might team. be a wild card playoff team. Yeah. So we've got Washington, the Islanders, Pittsburgh. I think the Hurricanes are a playoff team. Yep. That's four. Uh, now we've got to flip the coin between Philly, the Rangers, and the Devils. The Devils have gotten better, but is Taylor Hall going to play a full season? What's his contract status? Contract year for him. Yeah. Yeah. Is that going to be a, a weird thing for him? Uh, is are the Rangers better down the middle? You know, they've got some players that they've got to still deal with their contracts and, and put this whole picture together. And Philly is, you know, Carter Hart really the guy, and did they do enough? So I'm going to give four teams in the Metro Division a playoff spot. Yeah. I, there's a chance one of those three teams makes it, but I'm not sold on Philly yet. New Jersey New Jersey's in a, an, an interesting one yeah. because they – they made that surprise. They had that surprisingly good season a couple seasons ago. Kind of fell back to earth. Taylor last. Hall had the MVP season, right? Um, but they, that kind of came out of nowhere, I think, in terms of the the pieces that they had. Um, and then he was hurt for a lot of last year, and they just weren't very good. Obviously, um, Rangers a, a fast start to last season, and then it, it trailed yeah. off as the year went on. Um, but yeah, I. They've gotten a little bit more dynamic. Yeah, with well, for sure. Taco and, and Artemi Panarin. And they still have Henrik Lundqvist and Nett. So, I mean, until he's not a Ranger, you at least have to factor them into the And equation. Georgiev. 
The fans love this kid. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. I. It's it's going to be a big year again for the Metro Division. It's I. It's that that's going to happen every year though. Yeah, but the Florida Panthers. Teams... If you're talking about the Florida Panthers, got better this off season over in the Atlantic. Amazingly I think, better. I think they're that's still Tampa, Boston, and Toronto. Well, that's the thing. They're they have to do that in order to compete with those teams. I don't know if they'll be there quite yet, but 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 maybe they will be. I mean, they, a complete overhaul, really, of of what they were working with last season versus now what they've got this season. All right, this from Liam Dow. What do you guys think the opening day roster will be? Lines, pairings, goalies will look like, assuming McGinn and Williams resign. Include a thirteenth forward and seventh defenseman if you guys want. Thank you, Liam. Mm. Well, Peter Mrazek will start in that. Yep. <laughs> uh, right now, right now, I think you're going to go into the season with Peter Mrazek. And James Reimer, right now. I think that's fair. Yeah, your top line for me will be Aho, Teravainen, and Svechnikov. Maybe, yeah. Second line for me. This is assuming Justin Williams comes back. Jordan Stahl, Justin Williams, Nino Niederreiter. Okay. I would probably flip Nino and Svech. Svech. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I'm not. That's not a. Splitting yeah, hairs with yeah. me here, because um, I think he, Svechnikov is going to be given a bigger role this year. I would have to imagine, um, and that's going to lead to yeah. to him growing. Well, that's why. But we'll we'll see. We'll see where he goes. Yeah. No, no, you know we're splitting a, a, an atom on this one. Uh, your third line, I think, is going to be Eric Holla with uh, Marty Nachos. Ooh, there's your big surprise name, and Warren Fogle. You good with that? Yeah, I'm good with that. And then your fourth line, Lucas Walmark, centering Jordan Martinook and Brock McGinn. Yeah, and I think you have to throw Brian Gibbons to the Hurricane sign on July 4th uh, in the mix there. He spent, uh, I believe, all of last season in the NHL with the Anaheim and Ottawa. Uh, Anaheim and Ottawa. Uh, put up some good numbers, um, a good depth signing for the Hurricanes. Uh, and he, I would have to imagine, uh, pushes for a spot on the team's fourth line. Uh, the defense is set. It's just a question yeah, right. of, is it Hayden Fleury or Jake Bean? And, and I don't think that they're going to carry a seventh defenseman. I think they'll do what they did last year because the, the players are so young, they have to play. And then the status, of course, of Trevor Van Riemsdyk factors into that. Uh, but that'll all be sorted come training camp. Okay. There you go. Yep. Thanks, Liam. Glad we could answer that question for you. You got another question? Yeah. Get um, to it. Rich Slavinsky. Uh, he's joking about the Ajo, uh, Ajo signing an offshoot with yeah. Montreal. I mean, he doesn't want to play in Raleigh. Just kidding. What other forward signings besides Williams, a bottom six depth player at this point? Well, I think you had that in Gibbons. I think he's your bottom six depth player that the Hurricanes uh, were able to sign. I don't know if there'll be any other huge signing yep. other than Williams unless yeah if if Williams doesn't return that sort of frees up you know whatever the chunk of change the Hurricanes were allocating for him uh perhaps then they feel the need to to go out and get somebody else but I as far as big name signings go I I, I don't know if I would expect much I mean maybe maybe there's a surprise lurking uh at some point but um, he's really the biggest question mark left out there for the Hurricanes right now. Um, I'm just trying to 
look who's who's out there. There are a lot of names still out there floating around, but I don't know if the Hurricanes would be in play for any of them. That's that's the thing. The guy who I keep going back to is Ryan Dezingle. Mm-hmm. But again, is it a fit? Is there a place? Is there a is there a deal? You know, Dezingle only made one point eight last year uh, between Ottawa and Columbus. So just you know, question to be out there. That would be if you could sign anybody. But we kind of went down the roster, so that's why there's there's not a lot of space. Yeah. If you bring in a forward like that, that means Marty Nachos is not starting with the Carolina Hurricanes. Well, or it just or somebody else isn't. Yeah. So, when, well, no kidding, or somebody else isn't. But like, we're talking who then? Yeah. Brock McGinn, you know, Justin Williams isn't. It's 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 all speculation if you go yeah. with that one. Bill, uh, that actually kind of answers Hurricane Jerk Boy's question. Yee boy. I got one from Bill Hughes. I met Bill by the way at Summerfest. Very kind fella. Thanks for uh, thanks for introducing yourself, Bill. Yeah. Any of our other podcast listeners, and, and that's—I don't know if you have the same thing, but whenever I run into somebody who recognizes me, which isn't often, it, it and that's be, fine. It should be often. Um, You're the web's Michael Smith, for goodness' sake. The podcast is the shout out, and I love it. Yeah, that's—I I get it. that. I get two things. One, the podcast. Yeah, and two, the big rig. There it yeah. is. <laughs> there it is. We got him. Yeah. So, uh, so <laughs> thanks for everybody who listens. We. Uh, Obviously, we wouldn't be doing this if it didn't have an audience. So. No, we greatly appreciate it. Bill Hughes, um, a weekly update on Checkers Hockey coaching, please. Um, the update is that there is no update yeah, at no the update moment. no update right now. Um, but, again, that's going to be something that's sorted out, I would imagine, in the next few weeks uh, because then you look at uh, early September, that uh, rookie tournament uh, in Nashville this year that the Hurricanes will be participating in. Uh, are we... Also, are you concerned with the apparent lack of depth now with the Canes electing not to keep many of the championship checkers team? I'm not so concerned, uh, and I don't really believe there's a lack of depth. I think what you saw is is sort of the price of success for the checkers. Yep. Uh, a lot of eyeballs are on these teams when they're making these deep runs and they're seeing pieces that they like. And, and then for the players themselves, they're putting themselves in good positions to earn bigger, larger contracts with other teams, maybe get elevated roles there. Um, so, yes, the Hurricanes did lose some depth pieces, guys like Patrick Brown, whose leadership was was tremendous in Charlotte, uh, guys like Andrew Podorowski, who put up a ton of points. But these guys never really got that chance with the Hurricanes, so now they get to go to another organization and get that opportunity. So uh, the Hurricanes will be filling any positions lost with some depth signings. That's going to happen. But, yeah, the checkers might look a bit different next year than they did this year. And that's just sort of how these things go, especially with a minor league team that has the success that the checkers did. Kaniak from ROC. Will the Canes offer sheet anyone from Montreal? This year? No. Yeah, this year, no. And in future years, probably Probably not. not. Depends on how it goes. It might happen, but it just – it's, I think this whole process kind of showed that it's just not – there's just not much point to it. Cooking with Teresa wants to know. I'm not very savvy as to how pro hockey teams work. I'm curious about all the goalies, but I think you addressed some of that in the last podcast. But I noticed seven goalies in development camp. Is there someone overseeing coaching development of all these goalies? 
Uh, yes, they're college coaches for the college goaltenders, the junior coaches for the junior goaltenders uh, at development camp. And then the overarching theme for the Carolina Hurricanes, they have a goalie consultant right now who does a lot of work with Charlotte. Yeah, Paul Sconfelder. So you have somebody who is keeping tabs on all of the goaltenders. And there will times. be a new goalie coach at some point as well who will oversee all of that. And the seven in camp uh, was just... You had a number of guys already in the system that the Hurricanes had drafted, plus a number of invites. Um, kind of weird that there were so many goaltenders in camp, but hey, you know, it's never a problem. They shared the ice. Only two nets to go around, so you sort of had a rotation of, of goalie work. But um, but yeah, plenty of goalies to go around for the Hurricanes in prospect camp. All right, and I think this is a good question to end it with. Okay. It's from Chris, who on the current roster – would you most like to have a beer in deep conversation with? Now, when we say current roster, does this exclude Justin Williams? Because he is not on the current roster. Yeah, I guess it has to since he is currently an unrestricted free agent. Because he would be the leader in the clubhouse for yeah. me. Yeah, I mean, that's not even a like question. But he's not currently on the roster. Mm-hmm. But I will cheat and say, and say Justin Williams. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I had a beer and a deep conversation with Calvin DeHaan last yeah. summer. He's no longer on the roster. He's perfect. If any Chicago Blackhawks fans, that would be my answer. Um, Jordan Martinuk is my answer. Oh, of, yeah. Of players who are currently under contract, yep. Jordan Martinuk's my answer. Because you can just talk about growing up in Edmonton, playing with Shane Doan, the run last year, everything that comes into play. Yeah, yeah, he'd be a good one. Uh, I feel like Jordan Stahl would also be a good one. Kind of open up a bit once. Yeah, growing up in you know the hockey family and everything. Oh, I'm sure he's got. Yeah. Um, there's some good guys. There's to... a lot of good, lot of good conversationalists on this team. Mm-hmm. You want the for for me the I don't think it's a dark horse. Dougie Hamilton. Oh yeah, yeah. Dougie would be. Very high on that list uh, as it's com- composed right now. We haven't yet talked to James Reimer, but he might be he a might good be, one. He might be outstanding. Yeah, Peter Morazic's an interesting uh, character, too. Lots of guys. But if if I had a, a gold, silver, bronze right now, and you know the lifetime achievement category is Justin Williams. Mm, he gets his own. Yes. I would go Stahl, Hamilton, Martinuk, some combination of that. Uh, yeah. I don't think you could go wrong with uh, any one of those. Yeah, I agree. All right. Is there anything else that you want to get into, my friend, before we are done? Well, someone uh, last week uh, shouted out Rocky's Hot Chicken Shack in Asheville. (laughs) Curious to get your opinions on how it compares to your favorite joint in Columbus. Uh, His uh, Twitter handle is FreeXJC, uh, and his his name is just a bunch of characters. Um, But... I pulled up Rocky's Hot Chicken Shack menu, and it looks delicious. So if either of us ever make it to Asheville, we will certainly try it out and see how it compares uh, because we we do enjoy some hot chicken. We do. Can't wait. Can't wait to get back to Columbus for that. Yep. All right. That'll do it for this edition of the Canes cast. He is a gem of a human being, and he is the Webb's Michael Smith. Uh, we will be with you next week but it will have to be tuesday wednesday mm. canes cast i will 
not be here on Monday. You will be out. I will be out of the office. Out and about. I've got some stuff i got to take care of. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Some people. Some things. Some stuff. Some, some strands. Yeah. Some ins and outs. <laughs> okay. That's fine. We're good. Yeah, you so, got a you got a vacation coming up soon too, don't you? In August. Okay. It's a ways away. All right. Yep. Okay. So next week, not Monday, but Tuesday. Shortly after. Yeah, Tuesday. Look for a Tuesday episode ninety eight of the Kane's cast. We're almost to the center. We gotta really plan something out for the the big one hundo. And you know what's gonna happen? Oh, we gotta do <laughs> that gonna, today. <laughs> we're gonna here be sitting are. here. <laughs> I'm still not gonna have uh, a, a a statement for like a take it, but of course not. Why That's would just you? the spirit of the podcast, really. Although we should start off in reverse and do nothing but food, and then welcome in Bill Berniston to the podcast, and then finish with hockey. Through. Exactly, <laughs> it's our podcast. We can do whatever we yeah, want. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's true to an extent, I guess. Well, that's also true. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we'll figure something out. I'm trying to trying to think. Uh, I'm I'm going to be on a bit of a food adventure this weekend. Are you? I'm going to Dallas. Oh, so. Say hello to our friend Colleen Hamilton. I plan on doing that. Wonderful. So, shout out to Colleen. I doubt she's listening to this. She listens to the Canes cast. She she certainly isn't listening to. Yes, she does. This is this is the the point where we find out who the true five star listeners are. (laughs) Exactly. Best friends. Who hangs on until the very last? The very last end. Considering our podcast roams anywhere between forty five minutes and now six hours. It's a total. We've we've got a lot of lot of headspace for for exactly. where we finish in the podcast. But I'm going going to go get some Texas barbecue. Awesome, some brisket, my friend. Do you know where you're going? I believe so. What's the it Pecan called? Pecan Lodge. Oh yeah, yeah. Have you been? Uh, no, but I've heard good things. So have I. Mm-hmm. So maybe check out Deep Ellum. That's that's a good neighborhood. That's also on the list, my friend. Dallas is a good city. If anybody, uh, any of you listeners, have road cities you want to go to, put Dallas on your list. It's pro- it's probably one of my f- most favorite rinks in the league, uh, American Airlines, Airlines Center, sure. I believe it is. Yeah. Well, one of the one of the ones is in Miami, either Arena or Center, and the other ones in Dallas. Let's go Center, center. I think. All right. You know what? We can't leave this one as a <laughs> cliff. We got to fact check it real so. quick. And I am. We're putting our but best it, people on it. In in terms of, uh, and I know I've mentioned it before, the outside, the brick facade, the inside, sort of the airplane hangar type thing. You you won't find another arena like it in the league. American Airlines Center. Boom. Dallas. Nailed it. Center. Done. And well it's done. in a. It's right smack in the middle of downtown. It is. All it's right. Good spot. Good city. All right. That's it. And uh, um wants to go see the. JFK Museum as well in oh, Dealey yeah. Plaza. So yeah, did that, that. Uh, did that last year with the dads. We did. I'm going back. I mean, it was that good. I'll go yeah, back to that. Yeah, it was that. really but, good. Uh, that's that. We'll be back next week on Tuesday. It will be episode 98, closing in on the century mark. Can't wait. For the web's Michael Smith. And TV's Mike Maniscalco. Talk to you then. Bye-bye. Thank you.